everybody, welcome back to Reboot Leggers. This is a movie and TV show podcast, and it has jokes sometimes. I'm Scott Owen. I'm Frank Sarah. I'm Rebecca Frost. Oh, she finally used her real name. It's been a boom, while. Boom. Sorry. Since we've heard her. I'm not, I'm just saying. Um, it's just, This is that time of year where the year is over. It is that time. Uh, we get to do what's become my favorite episode, where we go through our favorite reboots of the year and how great they did. I like this because although it's... this episode is technically coming out New Year's Day, no, I'm gonna put it. I'm actually gonna put it out. I'm oh, gonna try my gonna, best to get gonna, it out New Year's Eve. You're gonna slam it and jam it. All right, folks, we're gonna slam it and jam it this year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's to kick us off for 2020. My resolution for reboot leggers is we're gonna be slamming and jamming all year long. Welcome to the slam. Or how's the song go? Come, come on, on and slam. slam, and welcome to the welcome. Come welcome on and slam. slam come on and slam, and welcome if to the you jam. Wanna jam. If you want to slam, if you want to be my slammer, you gotta get with my friends. If yeah. you want to get with my slammer, you gotta get with my jammer. He says, yeah. "Come on and slam, and welcome to the, the jam. official 2020." We reboot leggers will bring back Kool Aid jammers. Did they ever go away? What are Kool Aid jammers? I don't know. They were know. um Kool Aid's version of Squeezits. Oh my hell! What? You're lo- Do you remember you're, lo- you're, you're losing. Yeah. You're losing everybody. Oh no no no! Kool Aid Jammers was Kool Aid Capri Sun. Yes. Oh, I thought it was going to be like Gushers. But there was a Kool Aid version of Squeeze It's, and it was worse because the bottles yeah. didn't have personality. Oh. You remember the yeah, different it was flavors? Just like clear had like plastic. There was like yeah, but they had like boxing gloves on some of them. Yeah. Um, well, the, the Kool Aid ones were just boring clear plastic. Yeah, it was but, just yeah. the man looking at me. Ugh, garbage. Kool Kool-Aid Aid Jammers were Capri Suns that were Kool Aid instead. Does Kool Aid garbage? Man, I'm I'm not saying I want this to exist, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm surprised that the Kool Aid Man has not gotten his own movie, like a theatrical release yeah. movie. Now, Kool Aid Jammers not only still exist, but are sold like everywhere. And so <laughs> we're not bringing them back. We're just gonna make them cool again. We're gonna slam them. My other question is: Does do we know? Does the do we know the Kool Aid Man's given Christian name? We Kool-Aid do not. K. Okay, hold on. Like the Kool Aid Man's got to be a title, Man right? Man Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kool Aid Man. Kool Aid Man. True name. True name, like name of the wind naming. Before he had <laughs> arms and legs, the Kool Aid Man was a perspiring pitcher known as the Pitcher the Man. The Pitcher That's true. Man. He didn't have arms and legs originally. He was just a face on a pitcher, and he could talk. In 1975, he grew arms and legs and became the Kool Aid Man. He grew them. Did we now? Now sure in Canada, mean. he was called Captain Kool Aid. Oh, that's better. Give him, put him in the military. Now I'm sure that what they mean by he grew legs was just they added him legs. But a hundred percent. Do you? I'm imagining they added him legs. Uh, yeah, you know the <laughs> they they added he legs. I'm imagining an actual commercial they did where he like grows arms and legs holy shit there was a 1983 kool-aid man video game for the atari 2600 there goes the rest of my year Mm. i'm googling how do you destroy the kool-aid man i think you just gotta trick him into pouring himself out. i think there was a commercial where red kool-aid is not his blood it's his nanomite filled nectar designed to inculculate the courtship ritual of sharing drinks into young humans What's a nanomite? Are you, are, are you on some like time cube website? It kind of nope, sounds I'm like Rebecca. Kind of sounds like Rebecca as being spoken through as a vessel right now by the Kool Aid Man. 
Oh, and it's intermingled with a bunch of articles about the Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. Fun fact, they didn't use Kool-Aid. They used yeah. Flavor-Aid. He was too cheap to get Kool-Aid. What a dick. Flavor-Aid. Um, so this year, this is our I... annual year in reboot view episode where we're going to go through all of all of the best reboots of this year and talk about um i'm sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna cut you off scott <laughs> we're not done yet the, <laughs> the, the wikipedia <laughs> article describes <laughs> the average kool-aid commercials like beats story beats mm-hmm. and it, it does it in this detached serial killer way that i have to read out loud for you <laughs> children parched from playing would exchange a few words referring to their thirst and then shout hey kool-aid man Whereupon the Kool-Aid man would make an entrance, breaking through walls, fences, or other furnishings, uttering his famous phrase, oh yeah. He would then pour the dehydrated youngsters glasses of Kool-Aid from his own pitcher. End quote. Drink my blood. Do you think anyone ever said, oh yeah, as like a exclamation of good times before the Kool-Aid man? Probably not, and the the origin of the oh yeah catchphrase was 1974. Yeah, like people didn't. That like, was, I mean, people were calling each other shapes as insults at some point back yeah, then. So like they weren't you, very creative. You square need b chomper. No, they just called. I was just saying squares. They said you, they, they called call people, people squares. squares because it means you're not around. What is that really? It? I don't think that's it. Are they, that's that is the be there, be there, or be square. Because they're not around. That is such a yeah. weird logical. Ju- like they're making they're making everyone do so much work to get their joke. Is it? This is. If th- I this were is... to say, if I were to say, so and so is thirsty. What's your explanation of that? With, without being so roundabout about it. In the sex, in the sex way. Sure. I mean, I don't know where that came from. I'm not saying that. I'm not. Saying... I'm talking. I'm just talking about like like slang. That's fair. It just feels like a weird, uh, worse attempt at like. British Cockney rhyming slang where it's like three jumps to get us somewhere. The origin of square is a derogatory reference. Dates back to the jazz scene of the 1940s. Oh boy. To refer to someone who uh, does not get jazz or has out of taste touches. Commonly accepted that square refers to the rigid four beat rhythm of a conductor's hands. Oh, so it's boring. You're boring. Yeah. I like that even better. But also you did say out of, out of, taste touches yeah because i i changed words <laughs> and i really i want us i want us to start talking about our touches in 2020 instead of uh, our tastes uh, yeah <sighs> can we can we do our show yeah i was trying um Prob- uh, yeah i'm done talking about kool-aid yeah so mm, are I th- you i i guess i am now <laughs> Um, I'm going to start us off with a movie that I just saw two days ago. It's, did you already say this is our year in Reboot View? I did, and then you you made me go back to Kool-Aid. Yeah, do it. Do it. This is our year in Reboot View now, starting now. Yeah, so I'm going to start us off with... The, this is not the first reboot that came out this year, but it's the one that I saw most recently. I saw it two days ago, and I'm talking about Little Women. Now, this was... Um, I think I say it every year. I always respect a reboot that is willing to take chances and to be very different from the thing it's rebooting. And in this case, it's incredibly different from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in that they don't actually become physically small, like more small than they already are. Like they're already small. They're small women. And Guys, I'm just I, I now, getting, I'm just now getting the joke. <laughs> 
and and so it's i mean it's a story about you know siblings so instead of instead of two different families of siblings it's just four girls in the same family instead of like three boys and a girl which is fine you know shake it up the future is female i love it um and the the thing that and frank you can i'm curious how you feel about this but they they got rid of the aunt and instead of the, the giant aunt instead of the giant aunt dying their youngest sister dies and in both yeah. movies, it's, I mean, they're obviously supposed to be the same character because it's like she was the best of us. The aunt was, you know, the the most helpful and loyal character of all. Um, but I just feel like, it, I don't know. I, I just don't know how. The aunt is Meryl Streep because she's the actual aunt. Well, yeah, there's, so there's two aunts, which also makes it confusing. Yeah, like the, there's yeah, an there's, aunt yeah. with a U aunt, and then. Let's just say aunt and aunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's. But they, 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 she is aunt aunt. And so they don't actually fix anything that's confusing. Yeah, and so I mean, I still loved the movie. It made me cry more than the original did, which um, a lot more personal, a lot more hard hitting. Surprise yeah. cameo by Bob Oden, not even a cameo by Bob Odenkirk, uh, and the, he says, "My Little Women," and right. I'm like, "That's mm-hmm. the name of the reprising movie. his role as the cow from Back to the Barnyard." <laughs> no, oh my God, this is. <laughs> I mean, he's here to solve their legal troubles. It was clearly like a wink and a nod, but like they didn't. For sure, it was, now. It was pretty this tasteful. Is, and this, this is a case where the uh, the behind-the-scenes Hollywood story kind of informs some things because the reason that they couldn't physically shrink the women is because of budgeting issues. Right. It's very hard to shrink women on So they, they like had to take it sideways at the last minute, and they really pulled it out. Part of it is because um, Avengers Endgame used most of Hollywood's shrinking budget earlier yeah. this year and so yeah. they oh, there's were like, like a communal shrinking budget yeah it's, there's only so oh. many pin particles because they all have to use the same set because i mean it's it's there's what a, about it's, that matt damon movie where he shrinks was that this year that was a couple of years ago but the budget mm-hmm. i think that's partially why that like mm-hmm. i think he mm-hmm. kind of used up they had a, a bit of a backlog like they had some stored up and he used a lot of it for that movie and so it's all kind of been piecemeal since then so mm-hmm. we kind of had to choose do we want to do we want to shrink these women or do we want to just let the avengers have it and uh you know hollywood makes decisions based on money and so uh i don't want to get into the politics but um Ultimately, mm. I thought this was a great reboot. I thought it was uh, yeah. heartwarming uh, and and delightful. Um, I appreciate that they did an entire genre swap. There was no sci-fi in it at all. Um, oh. I loved and it. And there was no like, oops, we have to make you big again. You know, no, none of those plots. Yeah, none came of those. Back. It was just your your small, your little women. And, I really and they, felt like they did a disservice by not like even referencing like w- at all any Rick Moranis. I was I just going to say that they. I'm glad they respected his decision to lead. To That's stay what out I was going to say. But, like I would have loved to see him, but I still I have an, an insane amount of respect for the man. For but no one even said like, boy, it's a shame that Rick Moranis isn't here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what's what's one of your guys' reboots? What's next? Uh, well, one of mine was Joker is a reboot of Now You See Me. Mm-hmm. You know, mostly because of you know the whole card theme. Yeah, I thought it was 21 at first, but then when you explained it to me, it was clearly like a, a reboot of Now You See Me because... Well, then I also thought... Yeah, so I thought that, and I also thought Lucky Number Slevin, because that also has cards. Right, and it's... I think this was honestly one of the sloppier reboots of the year. I think I mm-hmm. I enjoyed the movie more than I was expecting to, but it did seem like they were trying to fit too many card reboots into the one movie. Yeah, and Joaquin was trying like f- way too hard to do his best Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> mm-hmm, 
he was. And they kept, they kept saying, they kept referencing the number twenty one, which kind of made it confusing. That like it, <laughs> it wasn't a reboot of twenty one, right? Yeah, I think because there's no blackjack in the movie at all. It kind of sounded like you know they had too many cooks in the kitchen on that one, but ultimately, yeah. like I still they came out at a net positive. Like I said, I I expected it to be far worse than it was. Um, and as reboots go, like I'm interested to see where we take this new Jesse Eisenberg magician storyline, because um, it does completely obliterate the canon of the original movie. Like, yeah. I am kind of surprised that it did not inspire. Like, the media got us like all hyped up and for thinking that it was going to inspire a slew of like casino robberies, right? But there wasn't one. Not even one. Like, not even one. I was expecting at least one. Like I was, I wasn't. I was expecting like at least one failed one, like somebody to try and fail to rob a casino using magic, and mm-hmm. then to everyone hear about it on the news and be like, "Ah, oh, these idiots!" But no, like, but maybe. So maybe, I mean, I guess it's possible that someone did. There have been them, and they've just been keeping it quiet because they don't want to. Or admit like they were so good. Yeah, like they were so good at it. All the money in the casinos is now. Uh, monopoly money and nobody even noticed because mm-hmm. nobody because mm-hmm. nobody even opens the vault i think that's a rule of casinos like you're not not yeah, even you're not to look at it no one's allowed to look at it frank what's your what's your reboot first what's, your, my what's hit? your first one to talk about we got a whole list what's, here people. what's my hit yeah yeah i want to talk about the 2019 hellboy with david harbour mm-hmm. mm-hmm. now obviously we all know it's a reboot um because there was a previous incarnation of hellboy that failed to do what this is doing mm-hmm. this really took the spirit of little nicky and carried it forward with much better modern effects than the original Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Like, I really thought there was a lot more they could have explored with Little Nicky besides, like, uh-huh, he's learning to eat cereal for the first time. Right. And, like, like, oh, he pees outside in the like, street or whatever. Like, this is the son of Satan. He's got to have like, yeah. some... And I cannot believe... I cannot believe that, like, acclaimed actor David Harbour spent six months with a dialect coach learning how to talk like Little Nicky. Oh, he... And right. he... I mean, it paid off. Like, you could mm-hmm. you could really tell he was, he was into it. I think he even said he was doing some method acting by the end, which kind of must have sucked for his friends and family to have to be around that all the time but i think you know ultimately for me the viewer who is the most important person when it comes to making movies um i appreciated it and i I would love to hear your guys's impression of david harbour (laughs) in hellboy doing his best little nicky i'd love to just hear like your rendition of it scott um (laughs) i'll I'll go i'll go second (laughs) guys i don't remember what little nicky sounds like I have no fucking idea what Little Nicky sounds like. I mean, he's oh probably God. he's probably doing he sh- <laughs> he was like I don't I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, you were so close. Give us ten you seconds. To hang on, I'll get it. I'll get it. Give me Google just two this. seconds. Okay, you take your time. Okay, show my name. This is Adam Sandler's Little Nicky, and then David Harbour kind of just has like a regular deeper voice. So it's it's kind of like if he was doing both at the same time, and you can't really you can't. It's really hard. Like, obviously, I need to have the dialect coach, and I hate this right now. Um, oh, this hurts my ears. And you asked for it. So, <laughs> so Frank. Uh, yeah, Frank, your turn. Yeah, so David Harbour's just kind of one of these guys, right? Yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm I'm little Nicky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the son of the devil. Oh, my God. Frank, spot on. Damn it. See, I was so, overthinking it. I got in my own head. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you can't and that's one of the things is David Harbour really gets out of his own head I also think that this shows a lot of personal growth from Adam Sandler we all know he, he's he got that eight movie D- 
deal with Netflix. Mm -hmm. This is the first Adam Sandler Netflix movie where he doesn't cast himself as the star. (laughs) Yeah, and it was also the first Adam Sandler Netflix movie that went to theaters. Like, it wasn't even on Netflix, which is incredible. Like, I don't think anybody... Like, that's that's the big news with this movie that no one's talking about is that Netflix is infiltrating our movie theaters. theaters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Netflix subscribers, you had to bring your 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 you had last to bring your whole statement. Computer. Oh, yeah, and show them you could do the net, you could sign in. Yeah, and then they just let you into the theater. They were still buy popcorn, and they didn't count the mobile app for some reason, which seemed no. like in retrospect, you had to bring your whole like, laptop, which is so crazy because like that's like Marriage Story was in theaters, but it was also on Netflix. Yeah, which is we're doing it, and and that's a good segue into the next reboot we're going to talk about, which was marriage story. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I'm always, I I mean, I'm going to keep saying this. I love when a reboot just totally abandoned, like just, they not abandons, but they, they're not afraid to really change things up. And I think it was an incredibly bold decision to reboot star Wars before the last star Wars movie had even hit theaters yet. Like that's just really get the jump. It was yeah, a it, hell of a it was joke. like kind of like a weird. It was like a prequel, but you weren't aware that it was a prequel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't know that. I mean, this they, they is... even they, they even used his real true name that is not Ben Solo or Kylo Ren. Yeah, which was um, the other name. Yep, it was. And uh, Doug, it it was probably was, Doug. Um, I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> If you guys just hang on it for like so two seconds, Charlie, Charlie, yeah, and so like Charlie Bolo, I would say that. Um, I mean, when so when I saw it, I was like, "What the fuck? Why would you just change things like change his name and be like, oh no, just kidding, this is his real name?'" But then I saw the new Star Wars, and that was kind of the theme was saying, "Oh no, this is actually how it is, despite everything you've been told." Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so that kind of fit with this new, I guess this is the new direction we're going. And honestly, if we're going to keep changing genres like this for each Star Wars movie, I'm open to it. But I do, I'm worried they're going to fall in a rut. I, I think one of the confusing things about the movie is that I don't know who, I think they meant it as a nod, but it was more confusing than not how Scarlett Johansson's character was named Daisy Ridley. Yeah, <laughs> it was really weird. I agree. Like... It kind of seemed like they, this this honestly to me I think Frank to if you if you if you'd like my two cents on, on absolutely I think this is Chiching. I think <laughs> I think this is this is similar to how in the Avatar movies I'm pretty sure that unobtainium was just a filler word that they forgot to take out they accidentally left it in and so yeah, they want, they originally wanted Daisy Ridley to be in this but they didn't have a name for her character and they just forgot to do the control f yeah they forgot to control f daisy ridley and change it to winona ryder scarlett johansson what no no but her character i read her Her character's name was supposed to be winona ryder Ryder. yeah Mm, mm. but they just forgot to do the the, to do the script change also i'm i'm i just i'm so fucking tired of important children in star wars movies and i hope this baby doesn't turn out to be I know he's not a baby, but I call any child under twelve a baby. Um, yeah. Now well, it's so it's telling story, that they named him Luke. Yeah, and obviously. like so, the whole point of Marriage Story, right, is like Ben or Charlie and uh, Daisy Ridley are getting divorced, and so like they're arguing over who gets custody of their kid. And but well, the kid is truly just the most annoying kid on the planet. Yeah, like he's got reflective some real of dark Luke side Skywalker, energy in there, right? Reflective of Luke Skywalker, yeah, for sure. 
Uh, so I don't know. Like again, it was a it was an incredibly bold choice. I respect it, but um, it does kind of feel like a slap in the face to everything yeah. Ryan Johnson did. <laughs> One of the things I did like is that they waited until the post credit scene to ever use any force powers. That was good. Oh like, yeah, they kind of it, well, it was you... it was it, it was, was a character nuts. movie because he like. They, we wait to the post credit scene, and then suddenly he just reaches for a door, and the door opens just to a fucking Star Destroyer. Like, suddenly mm-hmm. his house mm-hmm. is, in a, is in space, which, I mean, I think that it was more of a joke, and I appreciated it. Like, it made me laugh, and I don't know if I, I was don't know, supposed to kind of like the end credit scene of Spider-Man Far From Home, right? Because, like, Nick Fury, he's, you think he's on a beach, but then his simulation turns off, and he's right. actually in space. Yeah, maybe that's what they were going for. That could have been it. Um, I want to talk about us not us the three of us, us but us the oh. movie by jordan peele his follow-up to get out which uh get now out. rebecca you had told me and i think i agree with this that it's it's you think it's unfair that this movie is so often compared to get out because it's such a different oh, totally. movie yeah it's so different like it's so much more funny yeah it's way funnier and it, i mean obviously get out was an original an original story an original work and it's i'm totally fine with jordan peele doing a reboot for his his second movie i think it's very interesting to take multiplicity and make it into kind of a horror thriller but kind of leave the jokes um but wasn't the original multiplicity kind of a horror thriller by the end it kind of was for sure like i think they could have really gotten into the implications like what would happen if he kept cloning himself and what you know what's it did get into a little bit like what agency do these clones have because they're just stuck living this other person's life and i think us decided to take that aspect of multiplicity and make that kind of the main focus like what if what if you know these people were were clones forced to live the life of the original you'd be pretty upset yourself and um and in the case of us, it ended and it ended up in murder instead of um, the clones opening a pizza shop in Florida. Yeah, I just uh, give Lupita an Oscar for her her many many roles. Many this. many roles. She mm-hmm. killed it. She crushed it. It creeped me out, and then I liked it. I couldn't sleep. There was a night that I actually like had trouble sleeping, and I hadn't even seen the movie yet. I was just thinking about the scene of creepy silhouetted people standing outside your house, like not going away, and that just spooked the fuck out of me. That'll do it. It gets me every time. It spooked the fuck mm-hmm. out of me. Um but yeah, what's uh what's what's your next movie there, Frankie? I Boy, call you Frankie so now many. going in 2020. There's so many. Yeah, that's that's the new thing. I'll tell you what. Genuinely my favorite one of my favorite movies of 2019, I think, is Knives Out. Oh, it's so oh, good. So fucking good. So good. I'm delighted. We're gonna stop telling jokes for a second. If you haven't seen Knives <laughs> Out, seriously go see Knives go Out. See it. Now we're gonna start doing jokes again. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think we were doing jokes at all this entire episode. This is our one no, serious episode. This is a, this year. is our no joke episode. Yeah. But what did you Knives love Out about was Knives great. Out? Knives Out was a is a a great murder mystery movie because it's not like every other murder mystery. It's movie. a classic whodunit, a but classic. a new it's a classic whodunit. whodunit. It's a new whodunit. They took, a new done it. They they took everyone's second favorite whodunit movie, Clue. They took away most of the weapons. Yeah, it's all. <laughs> They, just, they only, uh, if this isn't a spoiler, they only left the knife. Right, they left. And then they remixed the entire game into Knives Out. Well, and it's not they only left the knife. They made every weapon the knife. So there's many, Every many, weapon many is knives. a knife. They kept all the rooms. The rooms are there. There's many, rooms many same, rooms. Same cast. They actually add an outside, which was very fun because mm-hmm. the clue, clue does not have an outside. Like they're all stuck in the house. Right, it's all in the house. I love this. And Clue, you know. They Clue's- add like two new spices, I think. <laughs> 
Clue is one of those movies. Like there's cardamom and there's and there's cinnamon now. Right. Yeah. In the original Clue, there's only um, coriander, thyme, uh, paprika, and nutmeg, rosemary. rosemary, and there's a there's that's another five. One. Right. Yeah. That's all five. No, then they, they add two more for this one. They well, there were cardamom. six originally. I thought there were six originally. Oh What's shoot! The other what was one? the sixth one? It's um. Fuck, Rebecca, you know this. What's the what's the other spice? Uh, well, so here's the thing. I've not seen the original Clue. Oh, it's Old Bay. Oh, it was Old Bay. That's <laughs> Yeah, I've not seen the original Clue, so I'm sure I missed out on some of the 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 tips of the hat in oh, Knives Out. You you did. but see that's also I think what makes such a great reboot is you don't have to have seen the original to appreciate this one. Like there's mm-hmm. there's plenty there for the super fans of Clue and there are there are the super fans. Mm-hmm. Uh but um Now Scott if, yeah. We live uh we, we live we live a decent ways apart. I, I live in Cleveland, you live in Denver. Mm-hmm. Which ending did you see when you saw Knives Out? <laughs> oh. There's multiple endings? Same as the Clue movie, yeah. Yeah, this was a fun uh, they did with Clue. So in the original Clue, they shot three different endings and different theaters got different endings, which Oh my heck, what? Which is super great. Yeah, this is real. This actually happened. It was super cool because then people who saw movies in different theaters would be talking about it and then they'd be like, that's not how it ended. And then they would have to go see it again. But also the movie did terribly and everyone hated it when it came out. Um, and it only became like a cult classic later. But so the ending I got in Knives, Frank, was the dogs did it. And then the dogs kind of opened a pet hotel at the end in the big house. Okay, so you, you got the you, you, you got the one zany ending. I got the Scorsese possible. ending, they're calling it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just got... I just got cardamom with a knife outside. Oh, oh, yeah. weird. Mine ended in like a snow globe. Oh shit! Like it panned out, and it was like oh, a snow shit. globe. So one one of these reboots that um that you just haven't shut up about Rebecca that I just feel like we mm-hmm. need to talk about is is Dark Phoenix. If you could like, oh my, I'm just God. so sick of okay. hearing about this. So let's oh just yeah, get we've it been out. hearing about this for a while. You you you've been like, when can we do Dark Phoenix? I mm-hmm. need to talk about mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix. Here's your shot. It's uh, it's just so crazy. It is it is such a better origin story than the original Maleficent. It just does such a good job of like painting this character as a character who is just like so aggravating and just naps all the time. <laughs> and whereas like in the original Maleficent movie, she did like too much. She did too much. She like, did she too did much. She bit much. off too much. So you wanted yeah. you're saying less agency for my villain origin stories, please. Yes. Things oh, should yeah. happen mm-hmm. to you, not by you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You should be reactive, not proactive. Right. Now, I think I th- I'm I'm curious what your take on them getting rid of her like feathery wings and putting like she still has bird wings, but now they're on fire for some reason. They're, they're well, Phoenix and they're wings. more metaphorical, too. I mm. think Maleficent really slaps you in the face with like, this is what the wings represent. Whereas in Dark Phoenix, you kind of have to sort through the rubble and find the metaphor okay. yourself. Mm-hmm. And what do you think? Now, that they, they do help is? you because the the flames of the wings kind of show like pictures oh so they kind like of, the fire kind of makes shapes that not but different people say they see different shapes oh. it's well, kind and of i thought a... it was kind of weird because like what i saw was an, an excerpt from miriam webster's dictionary <laughs> that had the definition of what a phoenix was oh okay yeah so it's like i haven't seen phoenix, Dark phoenix. Now. frank have you yeah i've only read about the 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 phoenix diagrams online okay, i haven't actually quick, seen real the quick film. frank just go go hit up youtube find the scene yeah, and tell me what you see in those wings yeah one sec let me i'm looking at it right now and i just see an episode of the joy of painting with bob ross <laughs> okay huh. which yeah, is happy little accidents <laughs> 
Um, there's okay, no audio, like but he's letting. there. It's definitely him. I can see him. Okay, this is, it's just kind of showing me, it's showing me the original Maleficent in a smaller window. <laughs> is it moving around real quick, so, like, or fairly slowly so that the... Yeah, it, it's, it's in the video frame. It's being projected on a football TV stadium so that the, the, the hmm. sensors don't catch it. So that the sensor bots don't catch it. You know, like it. YouTube does. Right, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I wonder what that says about us as people. This is very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Frank, what's your movie? What's your next? What's my, what's my movie? List? What's next? On I don't your have. List? Okay, what's 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 on my list? Boy. Do you have a movie that you brought today to talk about? Do you have a clip? I don't. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. I didn't know we. were I mean, I we usually we usually ask people fell. to bring a clip, but I mean, it's fine yeah. that you didn't. Well, speaking of superhero movies, I feel like we need to talk about what men want. Oh, mm. for sure, for sure. Because we were we, we were talking about marriage story, we were talking about shaking up genres, and what men want really did this. What it was, it's the first superhero movie rom com that I know of. I think yeah, because I mean, they basically said, "Hey, remember when Deadpool did that ad campaign where they pretended they were a rom com to to trick people into seeing it? What if we did that but committed to it?" And um, yeah, people responded to the rom com thing. Let's do it. I thought it, the marketing was very clever about how you know on the poster it says like what men want what men want but then behind it it's got like this faint like xoxo right like you would mm-hmm. see like kisses and hugs but the x was right before men right so it like subtly oh, like told you yeah. ahead of time like, right. tells you, like hey, pst, this they, is about they snuck it yeah. in it was brilliant yeah. yeah so and that's the main character ali davis is a a telepathic mutant she's the first mm-hmm. one yeah and she so yeah. i think so here's and maybe I'm misinterpreting a little bit. So I, I, my understanding is that this is. So I guess I mean I'm not surprised that they're already they they already turned out this reboot so fast since Disney Disney's got the property now they cranked this shit out and I love the choice to make Professor X a woman like I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's incredible and especially casting Erica Badu she plays like a, a like psych a like psychic like a Whoopi Goldberg type. Right. Who then like who gives her a magic amulet thing? So you're saying that she you're saying Erica Badu is Professor is X? Professor X. Because I thought Taraji P. Henson was Professor X because she's the one with the no, mind Taraji powers. P- but Taraji P. Henson is Jean Grey. Oh, yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay. No, I think you're right. I think your interpretation of it is the correct one. I missed I d I can't believe I didn't even think about that. I was so just in like I was like, fuck yeah, Professor X is is this lady and didn't even because the psychic is sitting down, huh? Mm-hmm. That was the clue. That was the tie-in. Yeah, That's she's sitting the down clue. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Well, now I got to rewatch it. I'm a fucking. I'm. I'm just. Her metal helmet too. Kind of. <laughs> the giant yeah, metal really helmet. Sells didn't, it. I didn't yeah. even notice it. I was like, I was watching. The name her of hands. her shop was Cerebro. I don't know, like, why you <laughs> yeah. didn't catch up on any of that. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, this was a great rom-com reboot of X-Men. Um, talk to me about <laughs> Shaft. Okay, so when you hear the word shaft, <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think of? Frank's thinking it right now. <laughs> I just think like rods, like big metal rods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frank, what do you uh, what do you think of? <laughs> the uh, dangles. <laughs> so the producer, like the the somebody went to the studio and said, "Hey." Super Mario Brothers was real bad. It was so bad. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. What if we make it edgy and instead of calling it something like pipes or tubes, we call it shaft. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tubes was a set. It was almost called Tubes, which I would have been totally fine with this movie being called Tubes. But yeah. the studio, the studio was like, "Oh, that that makes us think of like over, like ovaries and fallopian tubes, and we <laughs> don't like that." I want to think they of dinguses. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so it's, I mean, it's weird that they renamed Mario John Shaft. Like, I think then they took it a little too far. I guess, like, they were like, "Oh yes, I mean, Shaft," because they kept Luigi as Luigi Shaft. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cool that like Samuel L. Jackson was like so on board to play Mario. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I loved that. I mean, I'm always happy yeah. to see Sam Jackson down to clown. Just there here's to have the thing: time. I basically paid 13 bucks to watch Samuel L. Jackson do the Italian accent. Uh huh. It was and worth he it. Nailed it. It was worth it. I thought, and now. His brother Luigi Shift being John Leguizamo. <laughs> well, and then, I think it was fine. Yeah, but then the weird thing was too. They introduced that there's been like many generations of Mario's, sorry Shafts, and so like you meet Shift Shaft, who and he's the original one who actually defeated King Koopa, and we learned that this Mario Shaft, sorry, is is a new guy, and mm-hmm. he's got a baby who's a grown man, but yeah. it's his son. And it was a little. I don't know. I think it was a little disingenuous that only the original Shaft was a plumber. Yeah, I felt I could have done with more you know, plumbing in this Because our, our current iteration of Shaft is an all-star NYPD cop that knows how to use guns. What did you guys think of And that kind of powers up Mario. What did you guys think of how they did Bowser Jr., though? I thought it was a little racist. <laughs> CG was good quality, but I, I just think, yeah, it was a little rough. Yeah, I think it was problematic. Like, this movie was clearly, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to break some boundaries, and there was one that maybe shouldn't have been broken, but the rest of it, I'm, I mean, I could have done with a little more tubes. He does not go into that many tubes, and I think, I think ultimately it's kind of the same. I think it's better than that, the 1980s Super Mario Brothers movie, but I do still think, I do still think they're too scared to make the movie that they should. Like, they were holding themselves back, and I think this movie suffered for it. And they own the pipe, wah, wah, wah. They only use that noise (laughs) in the sex scenes. Yeah, it was a. Like, they were trying to be too edgy still. And there were a lot of sex scenes, which was also. Yeah, a lot of them. Well. You're talking about pipes and shafts. There's a lot of metaphors. Yeah, and well, and I think the weirdest thing about them was that like five out of the seven of them were just toad. It was all about toad mm-hmm. sex scenes, which I think is an odd choice. Toad, the guy with the mushroom on his head. You know Toad? Yeah, I know Toad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. always like he kept saying how he's the best and um and then he'd hop in his little cart and drive away. But overall, like, it was a fun movie. I did love, you know, seeing Sam Jackson just chew all the scenery, have a great time. Mm-hmm. Shooting shooting enemies in the head instead of jumping on them. Oh. Again, like, they're just trying to be edgy, right. and it was, like, fine, whatever. He jumped on the guy once, and I was like, there it is. Yeah. More of this, please, though. I did like the use of, like, shrooms. Like, yes, mm-hmm. shrooms, shrooms is a, a more psychedelic it. element. Right. It's still a level up, but I, it's not. I understand why they couldn't call the Goombas Goombas in this, because they were actual italian people instead of small little mushroom men so like mm-hmm. i get it but i think they should but the have... fact that every single one of them was named Vinny, that exactly like it's two steps forward one steps back with with this yeah. movie a lot of the time it's still one step net forward but like mm-hmm. we could have done without the we could Slow have been going going a little faster speaking of sam jackson glass came out this year and i thought this movie came out like three years ago because 2019 has been the longest year of every yeah, tell year me about it yeah you thought 2018 was long Oof. 
yeah, this is this. Here we are. I did think that, and now I was. This is the long one. Um, but so this is a movie where you know we we already had two previous movies in this franchise, and mm-hmm. they waited long enough and decided, you know what, let's let's kind of start it over. They couldn't get Sandra Bullock. They couldn't get William Shatner, or they chose not to. I'm not really entirely sure because they were in the first two Miss Congeniality movies, but um, yeah, for whatever reason uh they just didn't they didn't even think to give them cameos which i think was disappointing um but i don't know i guess i guess rebecca what did you i'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts as as a modern woman Mm -hmm. well so there was like a there was a lot of fun little nods to like the original miscongeniality like for example the whole movie takes place on um april 24th which is if you remember from miscongeniality the The perfect perfect date yep because not too hot Mm -hmm. not too cold all you need is a light jacket Mm -hmm. um but I thought p- deciding to enter, again, Samuel L. Jackson into a beauty pageant uh, to try to take down, um, like, because Sarah Pulse, okay, so Sarah Paulson runs this, like, for-profit beauty pageant that's, like, slowly monopolizing, like, all beauty pageants and taking over. Um, and so he decides to, like, infiltrate it and, like, take it down from the inside, mm-hmm. which was... and. and there was just a lot of co- different ways they could have done it. I thought it was weird that they decided to put him in a dress, but like also keep him in the wheelchair. Yeah. Well, and it was weird too, because I, it honestly, so a, a big thing in the original Miss Congeniality is you got to learn how to walk. You got to learn how to walk down the runway. Right. Mm-hmm. And it and was he such, couldn't do that. It was such an obvious opportunity to, to like have him relearn to walk with his glass bones. And they, they did right. it. They were like, no, nah, just put him in the chair, put him in the chair. Well, with and the weird like, spikes. there's this, there's a scene in Miss Congeniality where she like almost gets hit by a cab and she's like, Hey, I'm walking here. And they couldn't do right. that. With he didn't care. He didn't talk about, right. Mm-hmm. So they were like, you know, he's... he didn't once declare that he was walking. Cause you know, he wasn't walking. Right. He, he could have said something else, but you know, um, so I mean, and then putting, putting Bruce Willis also in it. Well, so I mean, he's there in his poncho, which mm-hmm. I guess like they kind of come, it was like a beauty pageant plus fashion show. Cause you know how some fashion shows they're just off the wall. Yeah. He was, with... he was, he was only poncho, right. but James McAvoy like never wore a shirt. Never it wore was a shirt. so inconsistent. And right. No fashion at all. No fashion at all. And he's like, except, but then sometimes he was the woman in charge of the beauty pageant. I think what was <laughs> happening. Was that what they were doing? It was kind of hard to follow at points. Yeah, there was kind of, and then there's like that, there's like, there's like a 20 minute chunk in the middle where they all just like leave the beauty pageant and like start a fight. Right. Yeah. Like it's almost like, are we still doing the beauty pageant or no? I'm, I'm honestly like, it kind of feels like the people who did this didn't even bother watching the original Miss Congeniality. They were like, no, we get it. Beauty pageant. There can't be much there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secret, secrets, guns, and beauty pageant. It's fine. It's fine. So, I mean, I would have liked. I, I think ultimately, I kind of agree with the critics. It was a bit underwhelming, especially from a reboot perspective. Like, there is such a thing as getting rid of too much of the original, and I think they did that here, mm-hmm. where it's it's barely recognizable as a miscongeniality reboot. And I don't think it's often that negative reviews make it to this list, but I think this was notable just because everyone was anticip like we wanted it so bad. We were like, give yeah. me that that reboot. Okay, what's next? Let's talk about some dogs. I like dogs. They're dogs good. Are great. Dogs You're is talking good. about dogs purposes or dogs journeys? J- journeys this journeys. year. Journeys. Journeys. Journeys is this year. Journeys is this year. They and this is the one where the dog 
is still Dennis Quaid's dog. No. No. It's Randy Quaid. No, it's Dennis. No, in this one, it's Randy Quaid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's Dennis. Don't worry. I'm Googling it? it. Oh, yeah, that is Dennis Quaid. It's definitely Dennis. He's all old okay. and gravelly. It's not Randy? It's definitely Dennis. That was Randy. Oh, Josh Gad is there? He's the dog. No. Jo- yeah. Josh Gad. Well, the dog is played. It's uh, they, they do it like Darth Vader, right? There's a dog in the dog suit, and then it's voiced by Josh Gad. <laughs> There's a, hold on. There's a dog in the dog suit? Yeah, and then it's voiced by Josh Gad. Yeah, like they got Vader. a dog to play the dog, and then the dog was surprised to learn that they wouldn't be using the dog's voice, and that they are, in fact, right. using Josh Gad's he, he voice. Got, he, got, he, got, he got the shaft. Oh, this is, we're done talking about Shaft. That's right. But and so this was the movie about um, this is this was. Um, oh, this is the reincarnate dog movies. Yeah. What's the. Oh, this is the dog reincarnation universe. Oh, Dog's Way Home is the lost one. OK, so, OK, dog reincarnation. What a uh, it's a reboot of. Well, so I think what's interesting about. A dog's journey. So normally when we do a reboot, right, it's either we're adding a sequel, we're redoing the franchise from the beginning. But this time they decided to take and only reboot the second movie in the All Dogs Go to Heaven series. I think there might be a third one even. But so the second one, you know, Charlie B. Barkin is up in heaven. He's having a good Good time. Good God. And they send him back to Earth. No. Okay. So apparently, Charlie B. Barkin welcomes his friend Itchy, Dom DeLuise, into heaven. But he's disillusioned by the afterlife. Right. Charlie's bummed about it. And then he volunteers to go back to Earth. Well, so their old enemy, Carface Carruthers, steals Gabriel's horn but loses it somewhere over San Francisco in his attempt to escape with it. He steals it for Satan, who is a cat. Oh, my lord. So and tells him if he brings Gabriel's horn, he'll get him out of hell. Right. So I think it was weird to kind of, I mean, I don't know that weird's the right word. It was just different that they chose to only reboot the second movie. Like normally you reboot yeah. from the beginning or you add another, another one on and you can do some retcons like marriage. And it's, story it's all because of the Gabriel's horn hook. They wanted to use Gabriel's horn and that's not in the first movie. Right. That's not in the first movie. And so they kind of, in the original Charlie, he wears this collar that makes him corporeal or no he gets the collar from satan um and in this because he's normally he's just you know ethereal and he tries to smooch a lady dog and he can't it's a whole thing and so then he he makes a deal with the devil and in this one it's weird because the deal with the devil is kind of off screen and it's implied that you know that demon deal is what keeps reincarnating this dog so he can stay with this family he loves so much i kind of feel like they're setting it up for a third movie because they kind of don't it seems like they need to address you made a you made a Zozo deal to make this happen. And but there's like no consequence, like nothing bad happens to this dog. It's right. all about Dennis like, Quaid just gets to keep his dog. Well, in this one, that's the other weird thing. It's not Dennis Quaid's dog anymore. He gives the dog to the dog follows his daughter around like his daughter now. Grows oh, up. OK. And Dennis Quaid, um, for some reason, doesn't get to see his daughter. Um. I couldn't really follow what they were doing there. And it's uh, the other thing, too, it's hard to tell if Dennis is supposed to be Charlie B. Barkin or if the dog is supposed to be Charlie B. Barkin. There's a lot of plot going on in both of these movies right. that I can't keep up with. I do think, I don't yeah. know that I agree and there's, with them. There's getting... a couple parts where I swear Dennis Quaid barked. Yeah. And he sounded a little bit like Burt Reynolds. Yeah. But um, so I think they might have just, <laughs> this is actually an interesting piece of trivia. Dennis Quaid can't bark like he doesn't know how what he just pretended to bark and then they put they just took some original audio from Burt Reynolds barking as Charlie B. Barkin 
and just put that wow. over because they just had it in the studio. But see, I would have never noticed that. It's kind of like how um, Benedict Cumberbatch can't say penguin, mm-hmm. but it's just Dennis can't make a barking sound. And so it's just, I mean, it's All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 had music and this one didn't, which also was surprising. Like, I think the music is why people watch All Dogs Go to Heaven. They want to see them dogs singing. And that didn't happen here. It was just like, hey, I'm I keep this dog just keeps dying and doesn't care that he's his soul is trapped forever here on Earth because of this Zozo deal. So I think if the, if they don't make a third movie, then this movie will be disappointing. But if they mm-hmm. can really make a third movie that addresses everything that was set up in this movie, I think it could really pay off. Sure. Um, have you guys heard about Twenty One Bridgets? <laughs> did you see it? I'm I am bummed because I did not get a chance to see Twenty One Bridgets. But I cannot wait for it to come out to streaming. Right. I've not seen it, mostly because I'm irritated at the fact that you think you can just stop the 21 Bridgets. Well, and that also you could, that Bridget don't, Jones's diary needed a reboot. Because that's the one, about, her diary, is, is it a sex journal? Is that the one? It's a sex journal. Well, it's really just a diary. Oh, am I thinking, is there, what's the one about, that's a little black book. That's different. So what's Bridget, what does she put in the diary? Is her diary even in this new one? Because there's now, there's 21 Bridgets. Wait, well, have none of, of us seen it? I thought it was that she had like 21 diaries. Oh, and they ha- it's like a, is it like a Horcrux situation? They're, They're hidden yeah. all over the city, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they have to shut down Manhattan. And Chadwick Boseman has to like go find all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before and they it- all explode the bridges. But then wasn't he one of the Bridgets? Isn't that like one of the twists is that he's a Bridget? Like his middle name, I think. I don't like. I'm. Well, I don't know. I didn't see it. I also didn't. I really thought one of you guys saw it. I don't know. Me too. Yeah, I. I don't know why this is on the list. I was hoping we could. One of us would be able to drive this, but I haven't seen it. I either. thought one of us uh... would have seen Twenty One Bridgets because it was. I don't even think I saw a trailer for it. I just heard someone talking about Twenty One Bridgets and and Patrick Chadwick Boseman, and I was like, oh damn, interesting. But um, hmm. you know, the time just kind of got away from me, huh? Well, okay. Well, I mean, I guess this was this must yeah, have been I guess, good. I mean, we yeah, I go guess wrong. we're going to the next one. Okay, what's the next one, Frank? We're talking about feel good movies of 2019, mm-hmm. just some fun action. Mm-hmm. Charlie's Angels, right? Yes, yes, thank you. I would like to talk about that feel good movie, Charlie's Angels. So much better than anyone could have hoped for. A it's like surprisingly heartwarming. Heartwarming. I loved it. I had such a good time. I got to see Kristen Stewart act well, which was very nice. Yeah, it was just fun because you could tell she was just having a good time. She's just having a good time. And I understand that she's gotten a bad rap, I think, mostly because she's, you know, not, I don't think it's her fault that she was told not to act in Twilight. But that's kind of where where she ended up. And I'm glad to see her getting out of that. I do now. I think I, I'm, I'm glad you brought this one, Frank. I'm glad you brought it up. But I, I hope you don't mind me kind of. Weighing in a lot more, because this is a reboot of something that's near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Touched by an Angel was a show that my family watched a lot every week growing up. Yep. So that was filmed in Salt Lake City. And so like I remember distinctly, you would so go So you've play. met Della Reese. You've met Della Reese? Yeah, I've been touched by an angel. So like, but wow. it was kind of cool because you would just go to different places and you'd see, oh, can't go there today because they're filming Touched by an Angel. Oh, man. So you've been in wow. that and the high school musical. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. So they, cool. they bring they, the, I did like the... They didn't talk a lot about the actual angels in the Charlie's Angels reboot, right? They just called but them I angels did, like, and then the they subtle, act like it's not right. a thing. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, they're angels. And, and, and Della Charlie Reese 
right being that's, just the only reference that's honestly one of my favorite things so i i don't mind when a movie has to explain things but i also love when a movie just decides they don't need to and so in this yeah. in, they just call them angels because in this everybody just knows about angels mm-hmm. like they're just right. like yeah they're the angels i think it's possible frank that someone heard our previous episode about touched by an angel and took some stuff from there i mean granted ours was could be we rebooted the show as an anime it had a lot of anime elements it was very it wasn't exactly this but i mean they they took a lot of the one of the things they did keep is the angel laser beams they kept the angel laser beams yeah and i think and i mean it's fun because they kind of explain in this movie now instead of the original touched by an angel never really explained where angels come from and in this movie they they do in that they just recruit regular people and then it's kind of cool because the angels are almost like like sci-fi like they got they put this little tattoo on you and then you're an angel and you can like talk to other angels with it and it's cool because it's like i'm a big fan of taking you know mythology and kind of twisting it around into something new i don't know if you guys have ever played the the video game too human but it's about like all the norse mythology but what if instead of them being gods they were just incredibly technologically advanced robot Hmm. people which is very similar to how marvel treats them as well they're just super sophisticated aliens and their technology looks like magic so i kind of like that they kind of they did that a little bit with the angels here i think elizabeth banks was a great recast of roma downey i would have liked to see elizabeth banks try to do an irish accent i think that could have been great yeah i'm glad that she didn't though it would have gone off the rails i think yeah so i think it's probably good that she didn't i'm sure there's a reason for it like i trust them and i trust her as the director of this movie i think i just would have i would have liked to have seen the attempt but i loved this cast one thing i thought was fun was the one angel is very very tall and it turns out she's not actually tall she just everyone else in this movie is very short that's just a fun Mm -hmm. piece of trivia like she mm-hmm. looks she looks gigantic next to all of them because they're all like 5'4 and she's like 5'10. Well, I think that's like I really like that they did that because if you this is so silly. Like if you read in the Bible, there's an actual passage that states like angels can't be taller than 5'3. Yeah. Yeah, and so they said fuck that. This one is like but they also never really tell you that. Like you have to know this about the actresses. Like they don't so they kind of right, I, yeah. I, and I guess they didn't want to offend like they didn't want to cause another you know, Christian panic by, by trying to change the Bible. I think it's interesting that they kind of, you know, God being a woman at the end was just like, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the first time they've done it. Whoopi played God in the Muppets. Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette did it. And I just, mm-hmm. I always appreciate it when it's done well. Um, and so uh, I really liked it. I think this movie um, did not get the love that it deserved. I think it, it really respected the source material while, you know, making it its own so i i think anyone if you haven't seen the new charlie's angels go see it it's a great time everybody kills it patrick stewart's in it which i didn't know until i saw it and it's Mm -hmm. it's wonderful yeah cool twist letting him play satan yeah like but also like cool twists making making him delightful and enjoyable instead of just oh i'm satan i'm evil like nobody saw it coming i loved it like putting it's it's so good Talk to me about Ford v. Ferrari. Okay, so this is a prequel to Pacific Rim, and it goes a little bit more into detail about how, like, we didn't build, oh, what's the word? Jaegers. Like, we didn't build Jaegers to fight the kaiju. We built the Jaegers as kind of like a plaything for us humans, right? Like, we built them to, like, yeah, to, like, raise each other and fight each other. And so, um, and they had wheels at first, right? And they had wheels. Which is interesting. 
to make them go faster. And so this is really just the story of like, not the first Jaegers, but like the attempts to push these Jaegers to their limits and to become like the fastest Jaegers. Yeah. And it, I think it does. It, it Honestly, it adds that bit that just that little bit of needed context of holy shit. How the fuck did they make Jaegers? So like in the original movie, it's like, oh, so Kaiju weird. showed up. Oh, suddenly we built Jaegers. Like, how the fuck did you make them so fast? And this somebody movie ex- had to have a kickstart. This movie explains, like, no, they were already building them for different things, and then they were like, oh, right. we can just fight the giant robots with these. They were building them to race, right? But now they need to protect the human race. <laughs> oh, yes. Because th- that's and now I, I'm I, that that was one of the taglines. Yeah, uh, that's not an original. Now, Rebecca, what did you think of the choice of Christian Bale being Idris Elba's character's? like great 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 grandfather um not a fan but i'm also just like not a huge fan of christian bale in general yeah so i thought it was interesting i wouldn't have done it i think honestly they should have had john boyega do that one and then we could all just kind of pretend pacific rim 2 didn't really happen Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that could have been well because fun... then all those parts in pacific rim 2 where they said oh my gosh you look just like your great 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 grandfather they would have had some backing instead of just being like a throwaway line in the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think um, Charlie Day being in there as just the same age raises mm-hmm. some and, questions. And the same guy. The same guy. Right. Same guy. Same. I think he tries like there's a moment where he he like someone says his name and he like I think they're supposed to they tried to trick us into thinking he's not the same guy, but he's clearly the same guy. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's somehow oh, yeah. immortal. He keeps like, saying over and over mm-hmm. and over, like, my lifespan's 100 years. I'll, I'll probably be dead in 60 years. <laughs> I'm not going to live forever. No one's immortal. That's that's wrong. Yeah, which, you know. And, and I feel like if they hadn't done that, then I would have just accepted it. But now I'm like, I would have well, just let it go. He's but definitely the same guy. So maybe we're going to get a Charlie Day spinoff. Is that, what, is that what they're doing? Maybe. Kind of, again, trying to kind of undo Pacific Rim 2. Does he die in Pacific yeah. Rim 2? Ye- no, yeah, he's the bad guy. He becomes he's the, the bad, bad guy. guy which doesn't is he like so eat a kaiju heart and then become part he alien becomes, or something? He become he he creates his own kaiju, right? Because he learns yeah. how to drift with the kaiju. Yeah, he learns how to drift with yeah. the kaiju. God, Pacific Rim Two is so bad, you guys. It's Pacific Rim One was a delightful, wonderful, great, dumb a gem, time. a gem of a movie. And then they were like, "What if we touched it some more and ruined it? What if we took some fan fiction we saw on the internet?" And put John Boyega in it, and then and then so then Ford v Ford v Ferrari is clearly kind of like a I mean they're they're doing a reboot they're starting it over which mm-hmm. I hope yeah, that they're to do some retcon stuff I hope that they're gonna at least keep Pacific Rim one in the canon because I think it's perfect um, but I understand if they kind of need to tweak things a bit because of this reboot so Frank me and you this like we've been I know we've been kind of dying to talk about this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Gemini man. We, we, we've been sleeping on it. I want to talk about it because I, of course, am a Gemini. And that's, oh. that's how I And I, of life. course, am a man. Oh, my God. You right. guys. It's kind, of, it's kind of if they took both of us and put us in a movie. I'm obviously old Will Smith. You're young Will Smith. I'm young Will Smith, naturally. Naturally. Natch. Um, so here's the thing. The Parent Trap has been rebooted at least once. I think there so might be a times. second. Like, it's been done a few times. They did that... Yeah. Um, not a direct reboot, but a similar movie. Uh, Mary Kate and Ashley, I think it's called It Takes Two, right? They're twins who didn't know they were. I think that's right. Yeah, It Takes Two. It's not a direct reboot, but so this this movie's been done a lot, and so yeah, I think 
no one expected them to one go back to i mean they 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 kind of went back to its roots where it's like let's just get one guy to play the two parts right unlike mary kate and actually the split screen right but they and instead of doing splits they did do split screen but then they added you know that disney youngification cg the, on yeah, top they, of they, it. they they youngified will smith they're getting better at it but it's still weird mm-hmm and still kind of weird. So I don't think anyone expected... It still just looks like they took him and just made him smooth. <laughs> <laughs> they just really the smoothed smooth him. The smooth Prince of Bel-Air. They just smoothened him. That's right. That's, it's, I, that's, you know, I've been having a hard time ever really putting it to words why it feels weird. But you got... Like, that's exactly it. It's like they, mm-hmm. they said this, but smooth. How do we make people look younger? Smooth, smooth them. them. Right. And then, uh, I mean, they did it with Princess mm-hmm. Leia. They did it with... Uh, Flynn, from Samuel Tron. L. Jackson, Robert Downey's Juniors, Robert Downey's Juniors. They did it to him. Um, mm-hmm. But so this movie, I think, you know, we're getting there. But that's not the point. That's yeah. not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about and how this movie does. It shakes up the formula by ditching the parents. The parents early are in the film. So they, they, it's almost. I think. I think the organ, like the military organization they work for, is kind of supposed to be the parents. But I, yeah, it's not especially because really... it's it's called. It's called Dad. It's called it's an Daddy. Acronym. Yeah, but with an I. <laughs> what is that? Uh, what does it stand for? It's the Department of um, Department of Augmented Deputized Dangerous Individuals. Yeah, that's the one. Mm. That's what it is. And so, because cool. Will, Will Smith is an agent of Daddy. They're both agents and of then, Daddy, right? He's, and then they they call oh. the MacGuffin in the movie Mother. You know, that's a whole, do, that's a whole yeah. thing. And, and and that's a little bit mother, more ham-fisted. What does Mother stand for? The mother is the seed of life on for alien planets. Yeah, mm. this is an alien planet movie. So kind of like a kombucha, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. Kombucha. yeah what's kind of. what's what is the puck in kombucha called? What is the what? Like the puck it's of like, like bacteria that makes it like happen. The, the mother. Hold on, I'll find it. Is it the? Are you guys thinking of like mother bread? N- no, mother dough is a different thing. The mother. It's dough? called a scoby. What is mother. Oh, that's a scoby. Yeah. The scoby in the, in the kombucha is a puck of yeast and bacteria cultures oh. is that that gets the kombucha going. Rebecca, mother dough is when it's like I think is it only thing in sourdough bread, Frank, or is it any uh, bread? It's I think it's other breads, but sourdough is the big one. So like you make a bread and then you keep some and you set some of the dough aside and it continually like ferments in yeasts and then. You... But isn't that what it's called in? It's just sourdough bread. Dough. Isn't sourdough bread yeah. also a scoby? Well, maybe, maybe, but sourdough starter. There's also a mother dough. That's a thing. Anyway, this movie, like, so the the daddy is the the daddy, and I mean, I agree. Mother mm-hmm. was a little ham fisted, especially because then we only ever see the one Will Smith interact with daddy. The other one is always right. with the mother. Um, but all that said, like, it's very cool to see what if Parent Trap w- one was about two dudes right. instead of two girls for once we get a movie about us and yeah. secondly mm-hmm. two grown-ass men one man less two grown-ass than the other and men. can i tell you what i like the most when they meet they don't say oh we should switch they say we should team up right that's that's what i appreciated too it's they're refreshing both like, they're both like hey what the fuck parents like you don't just split us up that's not a thing you can just do and act like that's okay so then they they team up and then i think in the ultimate kind of like i think it's a it's a it's a twist on the original and it's clearly like a wink and a nod to parents being a thing is old will smith adopts young will smith and and like he becomes the father instead mm-hmm. of them still being brothers which i mean it's it's he weird he becomes the father or he becomes the daddy he becomes the the well but yes 
both. Yeah, it's it gets messy because mm. there's daddy and then he calls him daddy with a Y. Well, and it's also weird because the guy who the the like top level military guy in charge of daddy, his title is father. Like he's the yeah. father of daddy. It's he's the very, father of daddy. Like they, there were some points where they were okay. We get it. It's parent trap. Like you don't need to lean so hard onto into mm-hmm. the parent stuff. Oh no, sorry. He's he's not called father. He's called papa. He's the papa of daddy. I really like the the assault rifles they use. They're called Oreos. Yeah, and he's like, and then and then the the one these two no other agents do this, but they put peanut butter on their bullets because it makes mm-hmm. them slide through the barrel it easier. Him, it makes them sticky. Oh, what? Yeah. It makes them go whoosh. Oreo mm. and peanut butter, and that's and it's fun because like that wasn't in the original. Like they're taking stuff from each version of Parent Trap, right? And, and, right? Right? You know, through the years. And so. Lindsay Lohan is a great cameo. Oh my gosh, it's incredible! Like I don't even want to spoil it. It's just right. Yeah. No, you oh my god, but like it. I want to know. Well, like you just uh, you gotta watch it. Hmm. I think. I mean, I think just none of us expected her, like, to have the impact on the movie that she did. Well, and it's just they kind of they kind of don't really talk about. They do such a good job of hiding the fact that the main thing that they're that the bad guys are trying to accomplish is putting like human heads on horse bodies, and mm-hmm. so I don't. She, leaves it, she sells it. She she sells. She does a really good job. She sells it really good. Does it tie it to like the existing Parent Trap verse? I don't. I don't. It's think mostly that it does. nods. Hmm. It's mostly nods, and then a Lindsay Lohan cameo. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's. I I guess it could, I never actually thought about it, but it could be in that verse. I don't know. They don't really hmm. address it. I think they want to leave it open so that we have this discussion right now. Hmm. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. What do you guys want to do next? I will gladly talk about Brightburn. Tell me about Brightburn. And this is not a Superman reboot. I understand. No, mm-hmm. so the marketing the is... were kind of deceiving. Yeah. yeah, so the marketing is really, like, it, the way that, like, I talked to people about it was like, hey, you know, like, the comic uh, Red Sun, where, like, what mm-hmm. if Superman, like, landed in, like, Russia? Um, and it's like, this is, like, the trailer's really painted as, like, what if Superman, what but if evil. Story, for sure. But, but what's crazy is when it looks like he's flying, he's not flying, he's doing leaps, because it's actually a Billy Elliot reboot. Mm. and so his like dance powers are like too much and so like 90 percent of the movie is just elizabeth banks running around going billy billy and he is like terrifying because like he sees people in the town that like make fun of him for liking dance and he just like straight up dances them into the ground how does the move like how i'm just curious how they explain the laser eyes with dancing so it's (sighs) It's kind of like this muscle that you can only really flex once you've developed, like dancers can do this, right? Oh. So like it, they spend years and years and years training for like and like working this muscle. And eventually, like once you do it to just right, it allows you to shoot lasers out of your eyes. Oh, shit. I and, didn't know that. I have a best friend yeah, who's a dancer. So, I got to ask her. Yeah. And so like Billy's been, you know, Billy's been dancing for, you know, his entire goddamn life. So now he's like a pro at it. Even though he's only seven or nine mm-hmm. or however old he is. Yeah. Interesting. Now, in the original Billy Elliot, like, he didn't have, I guess, like, his, he was the best dancer, but I guess, I guess JJ and whoever else made this movie felt like that it wasn't obvious, obvious enough that he was the very best. And so they just kind of had to, like, is is this a good movie, is my question. And I know that's not a question that we're allowed to ask on Reboot Mm -hmm. Leggers, but I feel like here it's kind of merited. So it was fine. Um, yeah, it was fine. I'm super curious to see what they do in the Broadway adaptation. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know if you know this, Tom Holland was the Broadway Billy Elliot. 
And so I'm kind of wondering, like, so do they just put him on strings, or is he just doing hella leaps? Like hella leaps. That's incredible. I would like to. Yeah, he was just practicing for Spider Man the whole time. Uh huh. I also think like it's because from what I understand, the original Billy Elliot, they don't really establish like your dancing is dangerous. It's just like, haha, you like you like dancing, whatever. But like the, I guess the. The ramifications so it kind of in, in the original yeah, Billy so Brightburn, aren't there. Brightburn kind of delves into the lore, uh, more into the lore of like dance, right? So like, the, and the re- so they live in this small town, right? And the whole reason mm-hmm. like everyone makes fun of people for dancing is because there was one dancer. This is also it ties into Footloose. I was gonna say, is this a Footloose? Was, or it's it's mm-hmm, yeah. Who was I'm too sorry, powerful and like and like raised a whole town right like just utterly destroyed it because his dancing was too good and so that's why like over generations they've tried to make sure that they make sure nobody wants to dance and so the only route they could think of to go was like belittling now in the lore did he did he was it on purpose or was it just like nobody nobody fully understood like like, nobody understood this is what's going to happen if you dance too good you will destroy Uh things does um does kevin bacon get a cameo in this like does he do they is he like an old wise man they ask for advice or something or no but they drop a line that's like oh yeah. you think you're you think you're getting pretty footloose huh like uh-huh. they, well, they, they drop a weird like they line would that say like oh that dancing's dirty There's some dirty dancing and like would you like some bacon stuff like that uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah that's okay interesting well it's, it kind of sounds like it was better than i thought it was going to be like it, it seems like it's at least interesting to see if not like an objectively good movie does he wear a cape in the original movie no just like a wife beater mm-hmm Okay, um, let's talk. Let's let's close this out and let's with close this out. Possibly everyone's. I think this is at the top of everyone's. Like, you got to see this. You know, it's a twenty four. It's so good. Like, it's going to be artsy. Not everyone's going to get it. Some people are going to hate it because they like don't right. understand. Movies. And speaking of Sandra Bullock reboots, speaking of, we're going to talk about the lighthouse. I mean, they basically they said you know instead of a lake. Let's put it on the ocean. Oh, the only houses right on the ocean are lighthouses. Mm-hmm. So lake house, lighthouse. There we go. Is yeah, calling it the ocean house. It's another not controversial right hit good. is they were not able to get Sandra Bullock or Keanu Reeves. Well, Keanu's busy with Keanu's busy. He's making those Johnny Wick movies. John Wick is busy, or <laughs> Keanu Reeves is busy becoming the first actor to appear in three separate trilogies. So he's uh, he's got a pass, I believe. You guys are trying to think of the three yeah. trilogies, aren't you? So no, there's no. the Matrix, there's John Wick, and Bill and Ted. Oh, you did it! Yeah, I did that, it. That wasn't Come hard. Come at me! Come at me! I'm sorry. I but anyway, that, that so, wasn't hard, Scott. We love Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so they got the two actors that were available, right? Right. Willem Dafoe yeah. and Robert Pattinson. Which right. I mean, there are worse actors to get. Like I'm surprised. Oh, for sure. Like great. Y- you make it sound like obviously they got the. They did say yes because they weren't doing anything else. But the, it's not like they weren't doing anything else because they can't get work. They're just yeah. And they're again, Robert Pattinson's such a good actor. But the problem is, it's the writing that they give him where, over and over, he keeps saying like, "It'll be Twilight soon." They keep saying the word Twilight, and it's like, I get it. You're Robert Pattinson, but, like, let let the boy shine. I think at one point but he like does halfway... call Willem Dafoe Harry, even though that's not his character's name either. But then, like, halfway yes. through the movie, he, they t- pivot and move away from the Twilight stuff as if, like, passing the baton from franchise to franchise because now he's Batman, right? So right. then, like, mm-hmm. they pivot, and they're like, now let's introduce you to the Batman. Now, yeah, and he says, Willem Dafoe, you're a real joker. Right. Now, <laughs> so, since this is a reboot of The Lake House, 
Mm-hmm. How much time travel communication do we have in the in this new one? There's a the, lot. Mm-hmm. Like it's, a surprising it's, it's mostly kind of trippy timeline manipulation. Mm. Are there ghosts? I heard there might like, be. Like I just got here last week. You, I've been here for a thousand years, mm. kind of stuff. There's not ghosts, but there's mythical no. sea creatures. Oh, fun! Mm-hmm. So, okay, so do they? Um, I forgot my question. So uh, I, I, it's okay. I can say it. I, I'm a little bit trepidatious. They do both fuck different mermaids. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. different yeah. mermaids. And they do different mm-hmm. mermaids. They do not do any Eskimo cousin business. Or they do explain once and for all the answer of how does how does one do that? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the director the director actually did a lot of research into how sharks mm-hmm. get busy. Okay. Yeah. And that's not a bit. That's actual fact. That's that's yeah. <laughs> Wait. This is the no joke zone. The no joke zone. Wait. Do they actually fuck mermaids? Yeah. Oh. And the director yeah. like researched how sharks. Oh you, wait, you haven't actually seen go. the lighthouse, have no, you? No, I need to. I've heard. No, it's... they they actually fuck mermaids. <laughs> now I do hear that you see one or both of their um their beepus the the bepus. Oh, correct? you see Dingle and you see Dangle. Oh, both Dingle and Dangle come out. Those are, those yeah, are and Robert Pattinson jerks off while wearing a Paddington hat. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson. To be fair, he is in a rainstorm. Now I do. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I do think that that is. Like, I get why that's funny, but also, like, I don't think we should be um, besmirching Paddington in such a way. And I do have some beef beef Mm -hmm. with the director because of that. Like, Paddington needs to remain pure. Right. For some reason, he decided that he was going to take a jab at Paddington. Right. Like, why? Like, yeah, no one. What? No one. No one is upset with Paddington. You're not cool or edgy for saying that, you know, for taking like no one's on your side on this. Like Paddington. Right. Exactly. It's beloved. It's cheap. So the thing about, um, the lighthouse so like in the lake house right there's a time travel or a mailbox that like delivers letters through time right Mm -hmm. so in the Mm -hmm. lighthouse it's a seagull and that's why like in the trailers you see willem defoe's always like oh it's bad luck it's bad luck to kill a seagull because it's it's how he gets messages from the future Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. the future is it clear what year the lake the lighthouse takes place do we know if it's our present future future or past no, and that's what I love about it. We don't know for it, certain. Yeah. Is because it could, it could, it's timeless. It could be taking place anywhere. Kind of like right. It Follows. Like It Follows can was designed to right. look like it takes place now and in the past. Right. And uh, th- that's what the lighthouse we does. Don't it's like see you know, laser idea. boats, so we can't mm-hmm. say for sure. Cool. Mm-hmm. And um, they grow big beards. Big oh, beards. huge! Which was not in the lake house, if I recall. Like there was no hundred percent less beards. beards in the lake oh, house. Oh, did Kinu not have a beard? I don't think he did. This was pre-John Wick, so yeah. Oh yeah, no beard. Pretty clean cut. Clean cut. He didn't have the good the chop shop, which is what I call Kinu. Well, I think. Beard. I mean, I think my takeaway here is I absolutely have to watch the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I mean, obviously there were other reboots that happened this year. This is just our list of not even necessarily like the best or our favorites, just the ones that we think are worth most worth talking about. I've never said this before, but if you have ones, go ahead and tweet me about them. I don't know how to do it. Do this. <laughs> tweet us. <laughs> we have a Twitter. Just please, God, just tweet I us. I hear we need to be please. more on the social medias. We're just mention there. us. Yeah, uh, we want to be hip to the cool kids, but we don't have TikTok. Give me that at. So yeah, this is this is us. We're wrapping up 2019. It's been a great year. So many good guests. Thanks to all of them. We've got a third co-host, which is very exciting now. 
You're welcome. I'm I'm excited for 2020 when we'll be slamming and jamming mm-hmm. nonstop. Slamming and jamming and bringing back Kool Aid jammers to our to our slam jammers. But bringing back, we're gonna cram some Kool Aid jammers into our slam jammers. Right. Hammers. Yeah. What are I guess this is the thing I'm deciding right now. I want to know what are what are our reboot resolutions for 2020. Reboot solutions. Yeah, mine is more snakes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Less ham. I would love to see more movies gunning for Oscar bait. From like us. all of them. Mm-hmm. Like every movie. You want us to be making Oscar bait more? I think that's. I mean, we haven't really touched that arena. Um, I mean, I previously thought giant robots were Oscar bait, but I was misinformed. Which mm. I think is more of a flaw with the Academy yep. than me. Sure. Tell sure. me about it. Um, well, that's going to do it. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and the whole year. Until next year, I'm Scott Owen. Oh, I'm dad. Frank Sarah. See you next decade. Oh, my two dads. I'm Rebecca Frost. <laughs> and what's the password for next week? Each of you give me a word. Dank. Decade. Also, um, subscribe and like on iTunes and give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And And drink Mountain Dew. And drink Mountain Dew. You know what we don't talk enough about? Vaginas. <gasps> yes, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Like, what is this and why would I want to put it there? I don't know. We should bring somebody in to talk about that. Why does it look that way? <sighs> Let me look that up real quick. Do you know, do you ever, like, can touch it? Like, I mean, yeah, but like, can I touch it? Should you touch it? Oh my god, please, let's find out together. Yes, come take a stroll with us down Petticoat Lane.